Good morning and good coffee, everybody. Hey, it's time for some morning coffee with Larry, and I'm glad that you are here to join with me today for a nice hot cup of whatever you're drinking. I've got my nice bold coffee with a little bit of milk. Mmm, it tastes good. Have you looked outside yet today? It is a full moon, and uh, it's in the western sky as it's slowly descending, and I caught a kind of a cool picture of it. Uh, I wish I could get better moon picture, you know, direct shots of the moon, but uh, the lens, um, I need to get a different uh, camera if I want to do that or a different kind of lens, but it was kind of cool. It was uh, uh, where it was shining in relationship to our pergola on the uh, uh, the the back, uh, what do you call that thing? A deck. That's what it's called. <laughs> anyway, I hope you had a good weekend. We had a pretty good weekend. Uh, didn't really care for the wind, didn't care for the tornado warning on Saturday night, and uh, the wind uh, tore loose a shingle on the roof, so I'm going to have to crawl under the house to where we keep the spare shingles, then crawl up. I wasn't going to do it yesterday. I would have gotten blown off. My goodness, the uh, the wind was uh, sustained winds at one point of 20 miles an hour. And uh, boy, you could sure hear it. And it was not pleasant to be outside. I'll tell you what was funny. <laughs> We've got our indoor cat Monroe and he had been outside and he was wanting to come inside. <laughs> And he was standing by the uh, sliding glass door, and the wind, there'd be a little gust that hits it, and he would just jerk his head around like, you know, who's touching me? Who's touching me? And <laughs> had to let him sit out there for a little bit just because it was so funny to watch. <coughs> oh, goodness. But this morning, it is a brisk, very brisk, 32 degrees out here on the farmstead. But it is supposed to get up to 62 degrees, so we're going to have a 30-degree change here uh, today. And I like that. I like this uh, 60 and 70-degree weather. It is nice. Nice with a capital N. Anyway, well, let's get into our topic today. I had come across this article uh, this past week, and while I would have written the article differently, I do like the 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 title and the bullet list and so I'm going to go down the bullet list like I've done before on different articles and this article giving some credit to her it is uh it's from the cnbc.com uh website and it's from their section called make it uh the author is Amy Morin and she is an LCSW the uh, title of it is A Psychotherapist Says the Most Mentally Healthy, Strong, or the Most Mentally Strong Kids Always Do These Seven Things and How Parents Can Teach Them. And this was published just very, very recently on uh, March 17th, 2021. And if I scroll down to the bottom, uh, da, 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 da. says she is, Erin uh, Morin is a psychotherapist, educator-in-chief of Very Well Mind, and host of the Very Well Mind podcast, so a fellow podcaster. She's the author of the best-selling book, 13 Things Mentally Strong People Don't Do, and the upcoming book, 13 Things Strong Kids Do, 
Think Big, Feel Good, Act Brave, and she has a TED Talk called The Secret of Becoming Mentally Strong. I get a a sense that her theme is about being mentally strong. (laughs) And as I'm looking through the article, I mean, it's many good things, but um, her, her approach to things, but, you know, each, each psychotherapist has a different take uh, based upon their experience, based upon their training, how they view the world. That's why, you know, there's a, you could, you know, ask one question to 10 psychotherapists and, you know, we're all going to give you 10 different <laughs> answers, it seems like. Kind of like beekeeping. Um, but anyway, uh, these seven things are very good. And... Um, I think they're the approach I'm going to take because I don't know how many kids listen to the podcast. I do know a couple of my grandkids are like, hey, Grandpa, I listen to your podcast. And that's always fun to hear. Uh, but I think that if adults practice these seven things and demonstrate them openly in their lives and specifically in their family around their kids, then the kids learn these habits. And the thing is, whether their kids are still in the home, whether they're in their transition phase of college or early career and jobs and stuff, or whether they're fully grown and have families of their own. So let's go down her bullet list and kind of touch base on some of these. The number one thing she has is they empower themselves. And the example she uses, if your kids say, my friend got a higher grade on the quiz, which makes me feel bad about myself, they're essentially giving uh, someone else power over their emotions. Okay, I get the, the, the response there. I would love to hear a kid say that exact phrase. They never say that. It's like, you know, usually it's like, you know, oh, my stupid friend got this grade or they, they did better than me. I suck, you know, something like that. <clears throat> And, you know, it's that kind of external influence that can have negative effects on them, on our kids, or on us. It may not be a grade, although some of us are in, in taking college classes. You know, we're, we're adults and, you know, sometimes we take the classes younger. Sometimes we take the classes older as we change careers and such. So, you know, we may have those examples, but... Somebody else gets a promotion. Somebody else gets the job. You know, I've applied for a lot of jobs over the years that I never got a call back on. And how do you, how do you answer that in your own mind? What do you believe regarding those kinds of things? But as far as empowerment. Uh, it's a buzzword phrase. It, it started coming out probably 25, 30 years ago. And, you know, it's, I, I'm always kind of leery of different catchphrases. But basically, when we talk about empowerment, we're talking about uh, what a person does or what happens to a person that allows them to be more independent and less dependent upon others. So we may use that term, you know, I'm going to help empower you. Well, maybe I'm, I'm clearing the pathway for you so you can do certain things on your own, or I'm giving you certain responsibilities or what have you. 
But I guess in thinking about empowerment in this kind of context is what are we doing, what are our kids doing to be that independent, to not let negativity come into our lives, but to realize that I'm capable of way more than what I give myself credit for. And I think a lot of that turns, you know, can be placed into certain phrases. And that's one of the things that she brings up. She says, teach your kids catchphrases. And some examples that she has just with the idea of, you know, countering the habit of putting ourselves down when we don't succeed or do as well as others is, all I can do is try my best, act confident, I'm good enough, I choose to be happy. I think one of the things, just with the example of a friend getting a better grade that, that she uses, is I can, I can celebrate my friend's success. You know, how many times do you see somebody, and maybe it's a, a pattern that you, can, you display at times, but if somebody else has success, you want to put them down. Oh, they're just sleeping with the boss, or they're just a suck-up, they're a brown nose, they're a this, they're a that. Um, no. Let's celebrate other people's success. Let's celebrate when favor comes to somebody else. Because guess what? Favor comes to you also. Oh, nothing ever happens good to me. Bullpucky. Open your eyes to your own life. Yes, favor does come to us all the time. We just may not be conditioned to see it. But what are the things that we tell ourselves? I've got this. I can do this. I can plan this out. You know, there's a phrase that I use whenever I get frustrated with stuff on the farm, you know, because I'm not a mechanic. I don't think that way. I haven't trained myself to think that way. And what I do is I look around the old mechanical things and I say, hey, this isn't rocket science. It's mechanics, hydraulics, and a little bit of electricity. It's not rocket science. And so, you know, when it comes to empowering themselves or you empowering yourself, look for ways to succeed. The success may not come immediately, and that's okay. You don't, you know, you don't bake a cake in a microwave. Yeah, I know you can, but it sure don't taste the same. Okay, I know some of you say it does, but you just haven't had good cake. <laughs> Let's go to the next one. Number two, they adapt to change. And uh, she starts off with this, this uh, first paragraph. Whether it's moving to a new school or not being able to play with friends during the pandemic, change is tough. Your kid might miss the way things used to be or worry that what's happening might, take a, might make life their life worse. But mentally strong kids understand that change can help them grow into an even stronger person, even though it may, might not feel that way at first. Guess what? Change happens. Change happens. We live in a dynamic world. We have a dynamic life. We are not the Sims, you know, program where we're programmed to always do this, that, or the other. Change is good. Some change may be painful. Some change may be going in a different direction. But the concept of change is not per se a bad thing. Oh my goodness, let me interrupt and pause for a moment. 
the wild ducks have returned. Oh my gosh. You, this is going to be a live little broadcast. A couple years ago, we had the opportunity to raise some wild... Oh boy, it's cold out here. To hatch out eggs of wild ducks. Um, one of my coworkers, her husband accidentally hit a nest. And we raised, I think we had seven and one, two, three, four, five. And we raised them here and they stayed around the farmstead and we fed them and it was just wonderful watching them. And then they took off for winter and they would fly and the other ducks that we had, they would just look at them like, how do you do that? And oh my gosh, they're swooping down around the pond. This is so exciting. Anyway, last year, a pair, they, well, they teamed up with other ducks uh, they would come over and get feed from us and come out to our pond and they'd sit in the barn lot among the other animals. And, uh, oh my gosh, this is so cool. Uh, anyway, oh, one's coming down for a landing. Oh, is it going to land on the pond? Yes, it landed on the pond. Oh, this is exciting. Um, anyway, they, um, uh, they teamed up with a bunch of others. And then at the end of, uh, what was it? 2019, they took off. Well, then last year we had, um, we we're wondering, will they make it back? You know, have they survived hunting down south? Because probably the flight path, if they go straight south, it's going to take them down Louisiana, big duck hunting area. Well, two of them, we know two came back because they landed right in the middle of the barn lot where we used to feed them. They remembered and they came back. And they were around for a few days. And they, oh, another one's landing. <laughs> oh my gosh. And uh, so they, uh, there was two back for a few days and then they took off. But now we had, what did I say? Seven, six or seven. And two of them have landed on the pond. Oh my gosh. Dawn's going to be so excited. This is neat. And my feet are so cold because there's frost on the deck and I'm standing out here barefooted. Oh, oh, I don't know. I don't think you could probably hear them. Let me go over here real quick again, point the microphone at them. Do you hear the quacking? I hope you can. That is such a beautiful sound. That is neat. Anyway, let me get back in because it's really cold. I think I'm going to stand on a heat register. Uh, oh, well, I hope you don't mind me getting excited there. Uh, hey, it's live podcasting. Uh, <clears throat> anyway, let's get back to what I was saying. They adapt to change and we need to adapt to change. It ties into what you believe about change. Yes. I do not like certain kinds of change. When things seem to get in sync, maybe it's a great morning radio team. Several years ago, there was a great team on one of the local stations, and I loved it. And it was like, oh, this is fantastic. And then the next thing you know, <clears throat> one of them's gone. And it's like, man. So when things are going well, enjoy it. Enjoy it like getting cotton candy at the fair. You enjoy it, but you can't keep the cotton candy forever because the moisture in the air starts making it get yucky. So 
enjoy things as they are, and change happens. And guess what? How many changes that you were worried about turned out to be pretty good as you adapted to them. So work on adapting in healthy ways because it's going to happen. So you might as well just accept it. Number three, they know when to say no. This has to do with boundaries. If you have saying yet, why do we say yes? Sometimes we say yes because we don't want to disappoint other people. Sometimes we say yes because we're thinking of the moment, but we're not thinking about what we're maybe having to give up when we say yes to something else. I love saying yes because I enjoy helping people. I enjoy getting involved in different organizations or different things. But guess what? I still only have 24 hours in the day. And even though I don't sleep as much as I used to, my time immediately before bed and immediately after waking up is not the most productive. So we need to have boundaries. We need to set boundaries for us being able to do things in a good way. We also need to set boundaries regarding right and wrong. We need to set boundaries between high risk you know, activities that may not be bad, but could easily put us into precarious situations. So we need to know when to say when, and we need to also display that in a way that others around us see that. Uh, And then have some ways, some stock phrases, so we can turn people down when it's, you know, something that we can't do or we choose not to do, and we don't want to hurt their feelings. Number four, They own their mistakes. Mistakes happen. Even patterns of mistakes happen. And we need to not beat up ourselves too much. And we need not scold our kids so much that they're afraid to, to try anything new or we're afraid to try things new out of fear of failure. You know, give it a try. Don't, don't bet the farm on it. You know, uh, if you haven't done it before, but give it a try. See if you like it. Life is a great big science lab. You try things, you make mistakes, you learn from the mistakes. But if you scold yourself too much, or if you scold your kids so much, and and your words get planted in their heads, as happens with all parenting, it happens. We all screw up, but then that gets into our kids' heads, and then they're afraid to make mistakes. It's okay to make mistakes. Own them. Own them. Learn from them. If our kids make a mistake, ask them, okay, what do you want to do next time? What do you want to do next time to try to have better success? Number five, and this I think is important and it's hard for some folks to do, they celebrate other people's successes. Yeah, don't let jealousy get in the way. Celebrate the success of other people, people you know or people you don't know. Don't get into negativity. Don't get into jealousy. Don't get into, you know, well, I hope they fail or something like that. Be able to accept other people having success. Just because they have success doesn't mean you're not having success. That's the whole, that's the whole thing with, you know, uh, so many people hate people who have wealth. 
You know, they come up with all different excuses in their mind why they have money and you don't. Well, you know what? I want people to have success. I want people to have financial success because they have financial success because they've done something. Or maybe a person is inheriting financial success and now they have to carry on in order to keep that. When a restaurant opens in Effingham, and we have lots of restaurants, somewhere around 70 plus for a town of, what, 12,000. Um, I want every restaurant to have success. I know a lot of them won't, but I want them all too. Every time I see a business open up, every time I see somebody, you know, like in our area, we've got a, uh, a family, they've got a little food trailer, and they will set up outside uh, some of the uh, the local pubs, and they'll sell fish, they'll sell pulled pork, they'll sell different things, and it's good food, and I want them to succeed. I do. I want them to succeed. I have friends that have, I just learned this past month that they have a, a trailer, and they go to different events, and you know, 2020 was hard on them, and I want them to succeed. Celebrate people's successes. Get that as a pattern. Finally, or I'm sorry, number six, they fail and try again. Yeah, this ties in with, you know, what we've been talking about. If you make a mistake, if you fail, try again. Doesn't mean that the goal isn't worth pursuing. Just means this thing that you just tried either didn't work because it wasn't done right or the circumstances weren't right. So don't give up. Try again. Keep after it. There's a lot of people who had a lot of failures and they kept after it. I, I, I love listening to entrepreneurial podcasts and hearing the stories of people who are very successful. They failed and they got back up again. How many people have either went bankrupt pursuing a dream or near bankruptcy, yet they kept after it. They tried. They kept trying. And that falls uh, ties into then number seven, the last one on the list. They persist. And uh, persistence ties in with that. Not everything can be done immediately. You don't always get every reward but you keep persisting. When I was five years old, I wanted to be a teacher. It's, I, I remember it clearly, the specific situation. That never, ever changed. I love teaching. I have curbed my life uh, in such a direction as to try my best to master the art of teaching. I'm not saying I'm the best. I'm just saying that's what I've always pursued. And I knew I had to have a lot of education for it. So I had kindergarten and then 12 years of school. And then I had to get my bachelor's degree, which was another four years. And I couldn't find the teaching job. But I loved teaching. What was I going to do? Well, it may not be in a classroom of a high school like I thought it was. What are other ways? Well, I wound up getting a job working in drug prevention. I then taught about drugs in schools. And then I pursued a master's degree. 
and my style of therapy has a lot of education to it. I did teach night classes for Lakeland College for 11 years. That was fun. I wouldn't mind doing that again if I had the time. You know, I, I try to put together programs and do things, whether it's in, you know, like a school setting or whether it's in an outdoor setting, whether it's with different, you know, like the scouting movements or church or what have you. I, I am a teacher. I love to teach. And I want, I need, and I'm per, trying to be persistent in that. Are you persistent? Are you teaching persistence to your kids or have you taught persistence? Demonstrate persistence. What she says here in the last two paragraphs of her article, or, or the, la- the section here, when it takes a while to reach a goal or when you don't feel like putting in the hard work to succeed, your brain might try to convince you to give up. Mentally strong kids who persist will continually work hard even when they don't feel like it. Often they eventually succeed and discover that they're stronger than they initially thought. And she has a suggestion. Have your kids write a letter filled with words of kindness and encouragement to themselves. It can be a long note or a short, simple one that says, I know things are tough, but you can do this because you've achieved challenging goals before and you can do it again. Yeah. So, those re- quick uh Rundown of that list again. Got to get to the top. They empower themselves. They adapt to change. They know when to say no. They own their mistakes. They celebrate other people's successes. They fail and try again. And they persist. Those seven traits are good for kids to grow up with and they're good for adults to practice. And that is it for today. It's 7 o'clock. We've got animals to feed. (laughs) So you have a great one. Take care. We'll catch you next time. Bye-bye.